Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It's all falling apart. It's all falling apart. So no, I, the, I fixed it. Just pretend the music is going. Ba ba da 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 da. Here's what you do: boot, edge, edge. Say edge like the edge of a building. Oh. Edge, edge. Boot, edge, edge. <laughs> Alfred E. Newman. You got to be older to know what that means. That edge edge bit is no good, Donald. It's not funny. It doesn't go anywhere. There's no punchline. But ne- lock her up. Ne- that, that's that's a winner. But neither did. Have you ever seen anybody drink so much water or any of the other things that he dismissed various other candidates he crawled over? Right. Uh, when he got the nomination, thirsty, thirsty guy I've ever seen. What? His thin <laughs> neck or whatever he decides to pick on you for. Right. Boot edge edge. <laughs> Edge, edge, they say. 
Like okay. a building. Go so on. The, that's, what? That's Trump at the rally last night he did in Michigan whilst he was being impeached. Right. You know, he mentioned at one point, so he's he's actually watching the numbers come in while he does a rally in front of cheering fans, which is a, a pretty interesting move. Um, but he, he watched the numbers comes in uh, come in on the uh, the various articles of impeachment. There's only two, and said no Republicans, no Republicans crossed, and uh, people cheered and everything like that. Well, I watched on ABC, and somehow they got some false information or something misread somehow. Anyway, so George Stephanopoulos is on there, and we do have one Republican. One Republican has voted in favor of the first article of impeachment. Do we know who that is? It's so-and-so of Hawaii or something like that. And uh, so that's interesting. So the, so the attempt to keep a wall, a Republican wall, has failed. Uh, what does this mean, a one Republican having strayed? And, I mean, they discussed this yeah. for quite a while. Like Let's it was bring a, in the panel. Like it was a big deal. And yeah. I thought, is it a big deal that and one... Twelve people magically appeared on screen at once for their panel. Yeah. Is right. it a big deal that one guy all of, decided... All of whom agree with each yeah. other. <laughs> decided, okay, but anyway, it turned out to, not to be true. Not one Republican went along with the articles of impeachment. And let's, some Democrats didn't. Let's analyze what if one had. Jim, what would that have meant? Would that have been a big deal? It doesn't seem like it would have been to me. But You know, that's one of those beltway things. It's big gossip. It's big politics. It's But it's of zero impact. But Now, you could argue that, you know, and there are actually really interesting studies of leadership and how movements grow, that you have to have that one person who says, I will do this. Then, you know, one popular theory posits the most important person, then, is the second person Mm. that makes it clear that's not a lunatic. Um, But you have to have the first person. And and so, yeah, I guess that would be significant. But, you know, we're we're obsessing a little here. But then when they corrected that, ABC went on to say this is the most uh, partisan impeachment in our nation's history. And we've only had three. But it is the most partisan in our nation's history by a lot. Yeah. And uh, how this may turn out to be an example of how not to do impeachment. Or it could go the other direction, as Reince Priebus tweeted out last night. And he uh, ran the Republican Party for a while. Sean, and, am I wrong? Reince Priebus sounds like a Star Wars name. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He said, and this, this is what I wonder. From here on out, most presidents will now get impeached when the opposite party holds the House. This is just the new political game that will play out for decades to come. That's what I wonder if we're just into that now. This is just what you will do. You'll make things miserable for whoever's president if you have the power in the House. Do this whole impeachment thing, you know, keep them on their heels, eat up a lot of their energy and time. But this is stupid and futile. You think they'll just keep going to that well? I don't know. In terms of it being the most partisan impeachment, there were four articles of impeachment against Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And only two of them got through. That many Republicans, remember, it was the same sort of thing. The Republicans wanted to impeach Bill Clinton because they had the power to do it. Yeah. And they came up with four articles of impeachment, and only two of them got through a Republican-controlled House. It was bipartisan enough that you couldn't even get all four of them through. Right. We weren't even close to that last night. Right. Yeah, the Republicans said, if we try these, we'll look like idiots. These are not strong enough. So they voted against them. Uh, Yeah, and uh, there were three Democrats who peeled off? Two or three? Um, And Tulsi Gabbard voted cute. (laughs) Slash present. Um, Slash a little nutty. Yeah, pretty nutty. Yeah, yeah. Sort of girl you stay with longer than you should have. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so yeah, it was it was entirely partisan, which Nancy Pelosi had sworn that she would never do. 
But there you have it. And then moments after the historic vote to impeach President Trump, I think it'll mostly be historic for the day impeachment became kind of a joke or just a political maneuver. That's what I think. I think in in history, if history talks about it at all, it'll be uh, the the best example of this weird, incredibly partisan time we went through in America. I hope we go through it and come out the other end. That's assuming that it goes back at Mm -hmm. some point, I guess. Yeah. At any rate, uh, moments after that vote, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the House could at least temper early withhold the articles from the senate not going to give them to you unless you tell us how it's going to work and we approve it which uh, you know is is laughable constitutionally speaking she has no leverage she doesn't get to it's none of your business um but it's it's a maneuver what it is nancy is evil um but again, uh, there are some listeners who email they disagree with me. Uh, I think she's really smart. She understands. Oh, absolutely, she got dragged into this by her base. Uh, that that thirty five percent she must have that was howling for impeachment, even though they're living in a dream world. So she went ahead. She got dragged into this, and she's now like a smart general trying to figure out: okay, how do we extricate our forces with a minimum of damage? And she's decided that, okay, we're going to do what the Republicans have been doing. We're going to attack the process in the Senate. We're going to scream that the fix is in. They're not really taking this seriously. The process is unfair. They should be allowing new witnesses and the rest of it. It's just posturing for the election. Um, so I just, I find the idea that, well, maybe we won't even give you the articles of impeachment just to be hilarious. It's absolutely high comedy. Uh, but on we will go, and yeah. then we'll all go and vote in November. Maybe more on that later, maybe not. Well, we're going to talk to the fabulous Dan Balls. Oh, yeah, well, that's good. Uh, of the WAPO, that's who good. is one of the most learned, wise, and, and smart uh, commentators on American politics kicking. Cool. And that's uh, late in the hour. Looking forward to it. Also, who doesn't love a listicle? I love them. At the risk of inciting the emailers who nobody wants to hear from, that it's not actually the end of the decade, here's a listicle of 43 people who fell from grace this decade. The rich, the powerful, the admired, who went from toast of of the country in our living rooms to villains. Two biggest top of my head, obviously Tiger Woods and Harvey Weinstein. Tiger Woods was 09. Oh, was it? Okay. He doesn't count, Jack. I'm a big fan of this because anytime that people in a race ahead of me fall down, that means I just don't have to run as fast. Yep. Right. So this is this is huge for my philosophy. Okay, so well, you've gotten one person closer to winning. Yeah, exactly. So I only got Harvey Weinstein. Who else is on the list? In January 2011, he was making $1.8 million an episode on Two and a Half Men, Charlie Sheen. Oh, had to enter rehab, replaced by Ashton Kutcher. This was a the crazy, tweaking porn addict. This was the decade of Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, not Ashton Kutcher. Uh, uh, my wife asked the other day, what is Charlie Sheen doing right now? And I thought, I don't know. He's either like completely sober and got his act together, or he's sitting alone in a room watching porn tweaked up. I don't know which it is. Duh. I, I, don't, I don't know. What did you say to me, Hanson? No, we're, we're going we're gonna to do a little here, a little there. Um, in 2011, 
Inve- uh, humanitarian and author Greg Mortensen's best-selling book, Three Cups of Tea, which was the toast of Oprah. Oh, yeah. and, I remember that. And that set for a while. Uh, turns out it was filled with fabrications. Not only that, he'd spent millions of dollars donated to his charity on clothes, travel, and pleasure, and leisure living. Paid back more than a million to the charity. And later admitted that his book was, quote, misleading. More of the humiliated and humbled <laughs> for the past decade. <laughs> what? What Coming an, up. What an interesting thing to feature on a radio show. Until a list of the most humiliated people of the last decade. <laughs> well, it reminds you of some of the big stories and scandals. That, you, know. <laughs> you know who whose life really sucked the last ten years? Here's number five. They were brought way down. Let's enjoy. And again, Dan Balls of the Washington Post later this hour on impeachment and other stuff. Armstrong and Getty. Painted and you can't get much worse than what they're right. So what happens? So what happens is Bill Clinton said to Crooked Hillary, his very dishonest wife, said, Crooked Hillary, do you think he calls her Crooked Hillary? Mike? Maybe he just calls her Crooked. He said, Crooked, I'm telling you. Crooked. I don't like what I'm seeing in Michigan. I don't like what I'm seeing in Wisconsin. He said, I, uh, I took a trip to Wisconsin, and I'll tell you what, they had those Trump pen signs all the way to the convention area, every lawn, every lawn. I don't like Wisconsin. And they said, oh, don't worry about it. What the hell does he know? Wow. I kind of lost track of who was saying what there that, in that riff. That was okay. something. So Bill Clinton says to his wife, you know, Crooked Hillary, you think he calls her Crooked Hillary? He might. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Doing his Trump stand-up routine in Michigan whilst being impeached. So there you go. Uh, Bill Clinton might uh, think, hey, you know, kind of dilutes the whole being impeached thing a little bit. Now it's not just me and Andrew Johnson. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. helps. So oh, was, one other thing I was going to mention on politics that's not uh, that I think is significant, and I think he's right. David Axelrod, who ran uh, Obama's campaign, just tweeted: "Little noticed amid the amid the furor of over impeachment was the court ruling that could lead to the unraveling of the uh, ACA, Obamacare. My prediction: this will be a bigger issue for 2020 than impeachment." Oh, I think the, he's absolutely right over that. I think the impeachment thing will be nothing more yep. than fodder for Twitter blasts. As of roughly April. Uh, and we're, we're going to be talking later in the show to uh, Craig, the healthcare guru, about the Obamacare ruling and what it probably means and break that down for you to help you understand. Um, as, as Jack mentioned earlier, I don't think there's going to be a cataclysmic change in benefits and availability and whatever else because, you know, and it's, this is well known in, you know, in, in political historical circles, once an entitlement or a benefit is offered, it's incredibly difficult politically to take that away. So the idea that your uh, your uh, young adult kid can stay on your uh, your plan, that pre- people with pre-existing conditions can get coverage, etc., that stuff's not going away. Uh, but we'll break that down for you. Um, burger. What was I going to say? Ah, the ACLU has called for tampons in men's rooms in order to achieve what they call menstrual equity. ACLU. I don't menstruate. Do you? 
ACLU, I'm uh, I, I'm in my middle age. Uh, I remember back when you were an important organization for civil liberties and not a ridiculous joke. Not like the most out there assistant prof at Evergreen College. Check yourself, ACLU. Well, which reminds me, I checked myself in the mirror uh, in the bathroom a few minutes ago. And reminded myself that I am rocking my Cal Unicornia Armstrong and Getty t-shirt. Mm. Available at armstrongandgetty.com. Now, pretty iffy you get it in time for Christmas. You're going to have to put the gift certificate under the tree. A maneuver I have done many, many lame, times. but uh, it's better it, than it nothing. It is a little lame, but it's better than nothing. And when they realize your loved one, they're going to get some groovy Armstrong and Getty swag. All will be well. <laughs> Moving along, Jack. Mm. People who fell from grace in the past decade. 2011. Other people list achievements. We list people whose lives have gone to hell. Yes, because it makes us feel better about ours. (laughs) That's why. In 2011, rising Democrat, politician, congressman, media personality, Anthony the Wiener Wiener sent a lewd picture to a college student. That didn't go well. Began his long undoing. It was six years later he was convicted of illicit contact with a different girl who was 15, spent 21 months in prison, lost his family, lost his seat, lost the uh, mayor of New York election, etc. 2011, also, uh, mm, letting his uh, his, uh, desires uh, uh, govern him. Former CIA director, four-star general David Petraeus, caught leaking confidential documents to his mistress, Paula Broadwell. Wow, how many of these are sex-related for the undoing of uh, great careers? Quite a few. Yeah. Not nearly all, but quite a few. Uh, oh, I'll tell you this. Um, and I, the, the website froze. That's all right. We'll just touch on it briefly anyway. Uh, some psychologists and eggheads and university people did a study, three psychologists and two criminologists, um, where they tried to assess people's willingness to forgive an affair, not by their spouse, but by other people. And the one Wait thing... Wait a second, not by... Oh, okay, so for like politicians and athletes and that sort of right, thing? Right, or, or David Petraeus, who was the example they used for right. some reason. Okay. But they uh, showed people pictures and descriptions of various sorts. The one inescapable conclusion they came up with was that men are more willing to say, yeah, he shouldn't have done that, but it's no big deal. He's a great general, for instance. Men were much more willing to say that if the uh, if uh, his mistress is hot. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. That's, especially, that's especially, oh, it gets worse. Especially if the mistress is significantly hotter than the wife. Oh, God. The bigger the that gulf is terrible. The bigger the gulf between wife hotness and mistress hotness, the more guys were inclined that's to say, terrible. yeah, I get it. It's terrible. Well, wake up and smell the reality, Jack. That's just the way it is. Yes. <laughs> Arnold knows. <laughs> How do you. I, I almost said something unkind right then. Not about Arnold, but about another person who really does not have it common. Well, c- congratulations. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry I even had the impulse. Congratulations on holding back. Well, yeah. God, you just uh, don't, don't, don't. All right, never mind. What'd you I'm like to myself now, Michael. You'll never know what I'm going to say because I'm not going to say it. I'll who tell is you the, during who the, is the person? I'm not saying that either. Right. You can't fool me with your manipulations. All right, coward. <laughs> October 2012, 
the International Cycling Union said something that was oh, uh, not good. Confirmed seven-time Tour de France winner. Lance Armstrong had been doping for 13 out of the 19 years he'd been professionally cycling. In spite of uh, him denying it with, with more pomp and circumstance and dignity than anybody has ever denied anything. And ruining people's lives and careers if they dared accuse him and the rest of it. The great hero, Lance Armstrong. Turned out he was doping all along. Yeah, that's a good one right there. Marshall's News next. I've never not liked a conversation with Dan Balls of the Washington Post. He is the elder statesman of uh, political coverage in America, really. And we're going to talk to him here in about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, he's old school, man. He is a solid journalist. He's old school. He's back from before the country went nuts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump impeached by the House last night on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. At the same time the House was voting to impeach him, Trump was holding one of his campaign rallies in Michigan. Through their depraved actions today, crazy Nancy Pelosi's House Democrats... Boo! have branded themselves with an eternal mark of shame. And it it really is. It's a disgrace. Democrat lawmakers do not believe you have the right to select your own president. Your old EMOS, the internal mark of shame. (laughs) You hate to have the EMOS. (laughs) And on another note, Democratic Representative uh, Debbie Dingell, who voted to impeach Trump, responded after he mocked her and her late husband, former Representative John Dingell, whom he suggested may be in hell during last night's rally. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that is what he suggested, but come on. During last night's rally, Trump was talking about Dingle's call to him, thanking him for providing help in her husband's Washington funeral. She calls me up. It's the nicest thing that's ever happened. Thank you so much. John would be so thrilled. He's looking down, he'd be so thrilled. Thank you so much, sir. I said, that's okay, don't worry about it. Maybe he's looking up, I don't know. But let's assume he's looking down. <laughs> Even Trump-supporting Republicans in Michigan groaned when he saw that. Well, yeah, come you on. suggest the old guy's in hell? Well, I, I think more than that, using her call to him as grist for humor? Come on. That's not good. Come on, Donald. <laughs> oh, man. And weighing in on... And listen... John Dingle was the worst sort of permanent congressman, and then his wife gets the seat. What is that, America? Please. And that's part of that's uh, Trump as usually didn't explain himself as usual, and and then she voted against him after all that gratitude. That was his point. But um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the political legacy thing. And now weighing in on the whole impeachment situation, Russian President Vladimir Putin. You know what? That's what we were missing. Yes. (laughs) Just to really get the, uh, you know, the soda of crazy to froth up over the edge of the cup. Right. Now we have Putin. Go ahead. Vlad's defending the president after he became only the third commander-in-chief to be impeached during his annual news conference going on today in Moscow. 
Putin said he doubts the U.S. Senate will remove Trump from office based on what he thinks are absolutely made-up reasons. He said Democrats lost the election and were just trying to remove Trump by any other means possible. So Vlad Putin weighing in today. So Vladimir Putin saying exactly what Trump would say to help fuel the fire of the whole Trump's in bed with Putin thing. Oh, yeah. And Putin knowing exactly what he was doing. He oh, even I... goes on to say something about the Ukraine phone call. I mean, I just I don't see what the problem is there. You know, just right. that, the same sort of thing. Right. He knows that's the way to continue to divide Americans, right. to keep whipping it up. Is this his annual? He does like a three-hour talk show. Yeah. Yeah, it's always all kinds of questions. Yeah, from his journalists who are afraid of being executed. Getting enough sleep, as we all know, is really important. And there is new evidence that if you don't get enough sleep, you have a higher risk of a heart attack or stroke. God, if I have a New Year's resolution, a resolution I'm going to try to stick to, it's to try to get more sleep. Yeah, data shows getting seven to eight hours of sleep each night lowers your risk for. Uh, heart uh, and heart attacks everything. and strokes and pretty Flipping much everything. Yeah. Everything. Dementia. Yeah. We have found that a high genetic risk could be partly offset by a healthy sleep pattern. So even if you are genetically prone to getting uh, a heart attack or a stroke, getting enough sleep will help. And the excitement is continuing to build ahead of Eddie Murphy's return to Saturday Night Live this weekend. Yes. Oh, oh, that's yes. this weekend. Wow. Yes. And, and Lizzo's the musical guest, yes. right? That's a heck of an episode oh, right there. She yep. remains panted. Uh, I, I bet not. <laughs> we so. gotta, hey, we, we need to get a better Lizzo song. I don't even like that Lizzo song that you always play. There's another one that I love. Clothe your buttocks, woman. <laughs> Maybe Sean didn't pick it because of the bad words in it. Uh, yeah, I tried play to pick a, yeah. a radio and friendly. It ain't easy to do on no. the Lizzo album. No, it's not. My kids really like the Lizzo. She There's, makes fun music. Yeah, she does. Pop music is for children. But anyway, um, uh, Lizzo and Eddie Murphy, that's a heck of an episode of Saturday Night Live right there. Yep, it's going to be the first time he's been on the show that made him a star in 35 years. I really hope they let him just kind of do a little bit of stand-up for his monologue and not do the lazy like audience Q&A thing or whatever. Right. I, I, I'll bet he does since he's getting back into stand-up. He did some stand-up when he received the Mark Twain Award recently. I missed that. That was in the last year. Oh, you should do the YouTube. It's yeah, funny. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. He, he goes after Bill Cosby. And it's pretty funny. Oh, boy. Well, because they were notoriously had beef where yeah. after his delirious special, Bill Cosby called him up and chastised him for yeah. all the foul language that they he would often him. raped a bunch yeah. of people. Right, yeah. Cosby, at, not Murphy. Right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We got a second here, don't we? Do we have a second or not? Yeah, it's up to you. How much time do you want to leave? Just because this has been in my mind, I've been wanting to mention it. Uh, Eddie Murphy mentioning this on his uh, Comedians in Cars with Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. This is stuck in my head for anybody who wants to get into any line of work. Eddie Murphy talking about how when he was young and he was like 18 years old, he was doing this in high school, how he would he would do the first part of the early set at one comedy club, then drive across the street and do the second set the end of the first set at that company, and he'd end up doing like seven sets a night on Friday and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. That's how people end up successful. Right, right. That's what he makes you He also talks good. about how he bombed and bombed and bombed at times. I love those stories about people who end up successful, and you think, well, you know, they're super talented or yeah. whatever. And he'd do seven sets a night right. for nothing. Yeah. To try to uh, to try to make it, yeah. Those, those craft, those levels of success exist when talent meets work ethic. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, That's I the, mean, you can if you're crappy, you could work that hard and <laughs> not go anywhere. Right, but certainly. If you never put in that work, you'll never know. Right. I'm going to talk to Dan Balls, who is a great columnist for the Washington Post, about all the stuff that's going on next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. And and all his this is what I don't consider a trail fair trial. That Leader McConnell has stated that he's not an impartial juror, uh, that he's going to take his cues, in quotes, from the White House, and he is working in total coordination with the White House Counsel's Office. So we're on to the next phase of impeachment. Last night they passed the two articles, and now we're into the maneuvering with the Senate, whatever that's going to be, including Nancy Pelosi saying, I'm not going to send over the articles of impeachment until something or other happens. Didn't see that coming. No, I didn't either. Dan Balls of the Washington Post is chief correspondent covering national politics, the presidency, and Congress. As we said in the last segment, he is an old-school journalist and, and one of the best. Dan, it's always a pleasure when we get to talk. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're fine and dandy. You, you know, it, it's funny, and you mentioned this in your column. It's something we've we've said many times that people throw the word historic around just constantly these days. Stuff that no historian in the right mind would mention two weeks from now. Um, <laughs> and 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 it's funny because the times are so strange and odd. Something as enormous as impeachment, it doesn't seem that enormous. Why is that? Well, because we've had so many, uh, quote-unquote, enormous moments in the Trump presidency, and, and I think everybody is either calloused or inert or exhausted by it, and, and so um, impeachment becomes one more piece of it. But, uh, you know, we ought not to lose sight of the fact that this is historic. Um, you know, one of three presidents for whom this has happened, um, it's part of his legacy, part of his biography, and whatever else he does um, in constructive ways or unconstructive ways, um, this will be high up in the record of his presidency. So uh, this this was a moment of history yesterday, and what the Senate does will be the, the final moment in this drama. But uh, but we, we did see history yesterday, even if it didn't feel um, that way because there was a predictability about it. Before we get to the Senate maneuverings and what you think is going to happen next or how that's going to unfold, what do you think of the theory, Rance Priebus tweeted this out, and uh, I, I think this might be the case myself, that we're going to go through a period here where we just might impeach everybody all the time. If, if, if the other party has control of the House, the base is going to be howling for Elizabeth Warren over whatever crime uh, they decide it is and, and want to impeach her. Well, I know people say that, and you know we've now had three impeachments in less than 50 years and um but but it was you know it has been two decades it's not as though this happens with every presidency um i think everybody would agree that that the presidency of donald trump is unique and you can you can add whatever adjective you want to that um but um but he has he has operated uh without regard for many of the you know the boundaries uh normal to a presidency. Um, Peter Baker, my my friend at the New York Times, wrote a very good analysis this morning, and, and he covered and wrote the book on the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Um, and that, you know, his I mean, his point was that there there was almost something inevitable about this, um, whatever you think of the process, that, that, that Trump had 
you know, has been somebody who came into office determined to break the mold. And uh, and so in this case, you know, it was for a for the House Democrats, a bridge too far. So but I don't I don't know that that means it's going to happen constantly. Um, it, again, it, it takes something extraordinary and there will be partisan warfare um, after Trump leaves office, whenever that may be. Um, but that doesn't mean it's going to rise to the level of of the opposition party, if they are in control of Congress, um, taking him on and uh, or her on in impeachment. So uh, d- immediately prior to welcoming you, we played the clip of Nancy Pelosi threatening to withhold the articles of impeachment from the Senate. When I heard that uh, this morning, I actually guffawed. I laughed out loud. It just seemed so absurd to me. Uh, w- what is she trying to accomplish? Well, there's concern about the 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 things that. Uh, Majority Leader McConnell has said about his cooperation, close cooperation with the White House in preparing for a Senate trial. Um, there is uh, no love lost between McConnell and Chuck Schumer, the Senate Democratic leader. And I think that there's a question of on the minds of the Democrats of what kind of a proceeding will there be when this goes to the Senate for trial. Uh, and perhaps we're in a moment of doing some bargaining on that front and seeing what these negotiations, to the degree there are real negotiations, whether they produce anything that's satisfactory. I don't think this is a long-term solution. Right. Um, it just strikes me that my local it. DA says, Joe, if you don't mind your P's and Q's, I'm not going to prosecute you at all. <laughs> I would think, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, he's, he's, been, he's been impeached, right? The House right. has done what the House Democrats wanted to do. Right. Yeah. And... Um, you know, it, it will go to the Senate and there will be a resolution of it. And we all expect it will be a party line vote to acquit him. Um, and that will, you know, that will be the end of that moment. Um, but there's, you know, there's there is so much ill will across party lines at this point. Um, neither side trusts the other. I mean, back in the in the Clinton impeachment, uh, Trent Lott, was the Republican leader, the majority leader at the time, and Tom Daschle was the Democratic leader. And and they set out co- cooperatively to try to figure out a way that they could at least have a dignified trial in the Senate. I mean, they obviously disagreed on things, both sides, you know, in all of these things, the two sides are going to disagree on exactly what's fair and what isn't fair. But, um, but, but they approached that with a, with a, with a kind of an institutional spirit, a spirit of protecting the institution. Um, and you you don't have that sense right now that either side is thinking of that as opposed to kind of um, political maneuvering or political grievance or, or, you know, or however you define it. Dan Balls of the Washington Post. Many people call him the dean of political coverage for this nation currently. I don't know if you like that or not, but... Um, it means I'm older. Yeah, yeah. They call us radio legends sometimes, and oh, that yeah, makes me feel old. be careful old. of that. Yeah, no. yeah. So, uh, speaking to the, you know, the, the, the polarization and the, the partisanship and everything like it, I wish we had had 14 hours of arguing back and forth over the Afghanistan story that was in the Washington Post for two weeks. Brilliant. Or over the giant... I couldn't agree more. Yeah, or over the giant or over the giant omnibus bills that got passed this week. I wish there had been that many hours of rancorous discussions over that, but we don't talk about any of those things. We don't. I mean, the, the, 
impeachment has sucked all the oxygen out of the air right now. But but frankly, the president has a capacity to do that on an almost daily basis. Hadn't noticed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you hadn't. Right. Um, and and that's the nature of the time we're in. I mean, I, I, I say I couldn't agree more on the Afghanistan papers that, that Craig Whitlock and a, and a big team produced here. Um, it's I mean, it's an extraordinary story and there's been barely a peep about it. I know I it's hope, just it's, would, it hurts my heart when we. Well, I would hope that, you know, when we get past impeachment, that some committee in the Congress will hold hearings and 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 try to get to the bottom of it. And we had a conversation yesterday among some of us here at the Post about the omnibus bill and how, you know, in any bill that big, there are probably 10 things worthy of, you know, pulling out and taking apart and looking at it. Absolutely. um, But um, but it's you know, it's like we almost just to have lost the ability to have the bandwidth to do that right now, and that's unfortunate. It is indeed. Beautifully said, and and I hope you do find that time, because we agree it's an important thing. Uh, There's the Bronze Age, the Stone Age, the Space Age, the Computer Age. Maybe we're just in the shiny object age. (laughs) We may well be. Feel free to steal it. Social media, uh, you know, creates every you know little thing into a bright shiny object, and and we 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 seem incapable of resisting, even though we all lament that we you know we fall for it. Speaking of things that don't feel like they're happening, impeachment. How about a democratic debate tonight? Is anybody going to notice? <laughs> I don't know. I you know the idea of having a democratic debate six days before Christmas uh, seems like not the most ideal. You know, decision on timing. I, um, maybe they can debate real tree versus artificial tree. <laughs> maybe maybe well, <laughs> we we should suggest that to our friends at the News Hour, PBS, and then Politico. To see right. if we can get that into the into the queue of questions. But um, <clears throat> I don't know what kind of an audience they will get for this. Uh, I would I would guess that it's not going to be you know huge by any means. And people know that. Once we, you know, turn into the new year, there's a series of debates ahead of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. So it's not as though, um, you know, this is the last moment or the most important moment that people are going to get to look. Having said that, uh, you know, we come to the end of 2019. These candidates have been out on the trail literally for a year now. Um, and kind of what has it accomplished? Uh, who has who has emerged? Who hasn't emerged? What are the real arguments that still exist? Um, so I think that we may get some cues and clues from that tonight. Um, and I, I, I mean, I hope we get some of that. And I hope that the that the candidates, you know, come ready to debate and not just to kind of go through the motions. The excellent Dan Balls of the Washington Post, chief correspondent covering national politics, the presidency and Congress. Dan, it's always such a pleasure. Thanks a million. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. You got it. And happy holidays to you and yours. I I could be wrong about Hmm. this, but I, I think people put too much emphasis on Trump has changed everything. When he's gone, it'll go back. I just don't believe that. I think if you had... The war in Iraq in our current culture, the whole weapons of mass destruction would become would have become an impeachment. I think if you had fast and furious during the Obama administration in our current politics, it would mm-hmm. have been become impeachment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think without the the, you know, the propane tank of Donald Trump fueling the fire, I think it will diminish but it will absolutely not go back to the way it was. I mean, we will have been changed by this period as as a people in our politics. Um, 
History has a great way of throwing something enormous at you you never saw coming. Oh, yeah. So, you know, where where the trend line goes in a couple of years, who knows? Um, you know, we'll all do our best. Try to have happy lives. But this, these are nutso times. Just crazy. Well, and he is right about, will they come to debate tonight? They should. But they didn't last time. That's why it was a big nothing. Right. You're you're flagging in the polls. You're going to end up quitting. Why not take a swing at these guys that they're at the top? Say something harsh. But they didn't last time. Maybe they will tonight. I don't know. If they well, do, you'll have to tell me about it because I'm going out for dinner. <laughs> Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love & Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love & Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.